Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Monday, March 14th, 2022. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to go over a nine-game DFS slate for tonight. It is a terrific grouping of teams here. We have 18 teams going, so lots of choices, some good pay-up options, some good value already. And uh, we're going to go through game by game, as we always do, and break this down for you. Uh, would love to have you join us. Go to dfscoachtalk.com. Sign up for any of our plans. If you want to just dip your toes in the water, we have a three-day pass for 10 bucks that gets you everything that we have. Uh, we also have our best offer I think we've ever put out there, and it's for our full MLB season. Uh, two payments of 111, you get everything we've got all the way through October 2nd. That includes all of our PGA, all of our MLB, NBA. We cover the playoffs as well in the NBA. And then the beginning of, of the NFL season. So uh, it is the best investment uh, if you're looking to win long term uh, in daily fantasy sports. We also provide a lot of information for prize picks and prop plays. Uh, and we have the best Discord in the industry. So come and join us. We would absolutely love to have you. If you're watching this on YouTube right now, quick thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button. That really means a lot to us. We put uh, podcasts in front of the paywall every day in the NBA. And we would love if you just give us a quick thumbs up. Uh, if you're listening uh, through any of our podcast landing spots, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeart, you name it, we are there. A quick five-star uh, ranking and then a quick comment. A combination of those two will get you into a drawing at the end of each month for a full week all-access membership to Coach Talk. All right, we don't have any time to waste today. We've got a lot of games to cover, and we are going to dive into game number one. Also want to let you know uh, here, if you're a member, we're going to be offering also an after-hour slate tonight because it's a four-gamer uh, with a game, three games at 10 and one at 10.30 Eastern. So not only will you get our full main slate, a nine-gamer, you'll get a four-gamer uh, for the after-hour. So come and join us. All right, first game, 7 o'clock. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers hosting the L.A. Clippers. Cleveland's favored by five and a half. It's a two eleven and a half total. One oh three implied for the Clippers. One oh eight and a half uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Coming into the game, uh, two solid teams, uh, especially Cleveland, playing well. But somehow the Clippers have maintained to be over five hundred, even with uh, no Paul George basically for most of the season and no Kawhi to this point. So impressive job for them. Clippers are 36 and 34. The Cavs are 38 and 29. We do have several injuries here. First of all, for the Clippers, Covington is questionable. And then the guys that are out, George, Leonard, Powell, and Preston. For Cleveland, uh, we have two questionables. Uh, I should say three, because we now have Karis Levert also listed as questionable. He's missed at least four or five games. So, he may play along with Lori Markinen and Dean Wade. So some combination there of probably two starters uh, that are questionable. So we need that news for sure. 
we have a doubtful tag on Rajon Rondo, and Jared Allen will be out an extended period of time with a broken left middle finger. All right, let's look at this game from a statistical standpoint. It is the second night of a back-to-back for the Clippers, and they're on the road, so that is not going to help matters there. Uh, 17th in pace for the Clippers, 27th for Cleveland. Not good there either. That's why we have that low, low 211.5 total. Uh, Defense is also terrific. Clippers all the way up to 8th which is really something with that the team they're putting out there. They would probably be first with George and, and Kawhi uh, playing games. But uh, outstanding eighth there. And Cleveland, we know, has been shut down all year. They are fourth. So is does this game have any interest with all of those negative DFS principles of low score and, uh, you know, the whole nine yards with good defense, slow pace, you name it? Um, And I would say not a whole lot, to be honest with you. You know, there's been a rotation of guys that step up for the Clippers. But, you know, in this tough matchup against L.A., it's it's no picnic. Um, A couple of guys that that did well for me last time out that I'll at least consider is 5'6", Marcus Morris, and uh, 6'8", Ivaka Zubats. They both have played better. Uh, of late, and I think you can at least consider them here. Um, Of course, if you want to go to that backcourt, Terrence Mann, Amir Coffey, those guys are options uh, as well. Reggie Jackson, uh, if he's in, um, also another play uh, that that you can look at. From the Cleveland side, it really comes down to uh, a couple of guys, but a lot of it has to do who's in and out. If Levert plays that uh, downgrades Garland for me. Garland is a big 9K on in a game like this with less possessions, probably not where I'm going to buy up for. Definitely not, though, if Karis Levert plays. 7-2, too much for him, uh, especially just first game back if he plays. Marking it at 5-9, same thing. You know, he has a, a, a bum ankle. We'll see if he's going to go. You know, the only guy that I'd give consideration here on this side of the ball would be Evan Mobley at 7-7. He has definitely stepped up. All of his numbers are up since Jared Allen went down. So it is, you know, somebody to consider, but I could easily walk away from this game uh, as a complete pass. Like I say, probably the only serious looks I'd give would be Morris, Zubats, or Mobley. All right, we go to game two. There are two 7.30 games. This is the first one. It's the Denver Nuggets and Philadelphia 76ers. Philly favored by two and a half. It's a 2.20 and a half total. It is the second night of a back-to-back for Philly, so let's keep that in mind. It's early here, so we haven't gotten a, a lot of news yet, but I'm not sure. Does Joel Embiid play or not? That's the question. I would think maybe he wants to just because He's trying to unseat the Joker as the MVP of the league. And no better way to prove that you are it is playing the Joker head to head and outplaying him. So, you know, does the Philadelphia front office want to sit him on the second night of a back to back? Possibly. We'll keep an eye out for that. Uh, But uh, I would think he's he really wants to lace him up. Uh, against the Joker. It just makes perfect sense. Um, all right. Uh, like I said, 220 and a half, uh, 
and a half is the total. 109 implied for Denver, 111 and a half for Philadelphia. Denver is 40 and 28. Philly's 41 and 25. Aaron Gordon, questionable. Zeke Naji, questionable for Denver. Uh, Kanchar, Murray, and Porter uh, out. Uh, only person out for Philly is Danny Green. Everybody else is a go as of now. We'll see on the Embiid news. As far as pace goes in this one, Denver 20th and Philly 29th. So not good there. That's why you have a sort of a low total of 220. That's actually generous considering the speed uh, or lack thereof that these teams play with. And the defenses aren't bad. Denver's middle of the road at 16th. Philly is at 11th. So we need the news on Embiid. Let's see what happens there. You know, if he's in or out, um, if he's out, we have to see if they're just going to ramp up DeAndre Jordan or what's going to take place there. They may put, uh, you know, George Niang in there. We'll see. Uh, but he may play. I think he plays personally because of what I mentioned about the Joker. We'll see, though. That's the front office's decision. Obviously, that affects James Harden as well. He's 11K and beads at 11 8. Um, so this, this game means a lot. I mean, I think if he's a hundred percent in no restrictions, I sort of like him beat over the Joker here. The Joker's 12, four. Now, is he going to be pumped up to say, hold on a minute, Mr. Embiid, I'm the defending MVP. And is he going to step it up? Very well could. There's no question about it. Um, we will see how that rolls out. But for me, I would lean towards Embiid over Joker at this moment if Embiid does lace them up. After that, not a lot of interest. Barton 6K, he can have uh, a big game at times. If Gordon doesn't suit up, uh, we're, we'll look at that rotation and starting lineup to see if anybody else uh, can factor in there. Um, Tyrese Maxey on the other, other side is 7-2. Also a possibility, a little pricey, but has been playing terrific basketball. All right, the other 7.30 game is the Portland Trail Blazers at the Atlanta Hawks. A little bit better total here. In fact, we'll progress up the next couple of games. This one is Atlanta by a big fat 14 with this uh, Portland team that just puts out the worst squad, and they found some way to win a couple of games. I have no idea how. But Atlanta's favored by 14, 230 total, 108 implied for Portland, and a big fat 122 for the Atlanta Hawks. That's a number. Portland's 26 and 40, Atlanta 33 and 34. So this win against Portland at home would get them to 500 and start positioning themselves to try to get a, a solidified playoff spot, which they were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. So uh, hard to believe they're scrambling this much just to get in. Uh, for the Hawks, the only question mark, it's a big one, is John Collins. He, I'm not sure if he plays or not. He played yesterday. This is a second night of a back-to-back -back for Atlanta, so there's a good chance they sit him. If they do, it certainly uh, you know, gives a big check mark to Clint Capella as uh, more minutes, more rebounds, and activity in there at center. Uh also gives a lift to even Trey Young, who's going to need to score more, carry more of the load there. Uh, the guys that are out for Portland are Bledsoe, Lillard, Luzada, Nurkic, Simmons, Simons, <laughs> and Winslow. So uh, 
interesting. Uh, pretty much the same rotation that it's been for Portland for a while. Uh, statistically speaking, the pace isn't good for a total this high. Portland 16th, Atlanta 22nd. So that goes to show you how bad these defenses are, and they are. 28th and 27th. So you have two of the worst defenses in the league matching up here. Uh, that's why you have that big number. But does it blow out? Does it stay close? With Portland in this strange group, you know, you never know what's going to happen. So I'm going to look at it as it stays close enough for guys to get full run. But we'll follow that uh, as the day goes on uh, as, as far as any other news as well. You do have some, some value guys with Portland, but they've been all of a sudden priced up. Brandon Williams is all the way to 6'5", and then uh, Trendon Wofford all the way to 6'7". These guys weren't even on the map uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Eubanks is even up to 5'6". Josh Hart, a gigantic 8'8". He did have a breakout game last time, but that's a big price. Um, CJLP still okay at 4'6", and Eubanks at 5'6". So you can find a path to a guy or, or so here. But, man, it, it is not super comfortable in dialing any of those guys up uh, just with the situation being what it is with Portland. For Atlanta, I think Trey Young's a terrific payup at 10-3, especially if he gets full run. If Portland stays in this game long enough, they really don't have anybody to defend him very well. And even if Collins doesn't sit, it's a good play if he sits. I think it's an even better play. Uh, definitely Trey will be on my uh, board today. Uh, decent prices on the other guys, 4-7 for Herter, 4-6 for Hunter. If for some reason Collins plays, how do you not play him at 5-5? How can John Collins be priced 5-5? That doesn't make sense to me. Somebody has to explain it to me. But if he sits, it doesn't matter. Uh, Capella's 6K, very fair at center. Again, you know, if Collins sits, he's going to be uh, pretty much of a lock for me at that price. Bogdanovich off the bench at 6-2. Gallo could start if Collins sits. He's 4-5. Okongwu gets solid minutes. I don't know if it's enough to play with 18 teams playing, but he's only 3-4. All right, let's go to uh, the only 8 o'clock game on the schedule. That's the Charlotte Hornets and Oklahoma City Thunder. And again, we've got a little bit bigger of a total but we do have another double-digit line. Charlotte is favored by 10 on the road at Oklahoma. 232 is the total. 121 implied for Charlotte. 111 for the Thunder. Coming into the game, Charlotte is 33 and 35. Oklahoma City 20 and 47. Two guys out for Charlotte. Uh, they've been out. Book Knight and Hayward. Everybody else is a go. For Oklahoma City, you have Giddy and Robinson Earl out, but you have a bunch of guys that might return here. Questionable tags on Aaron Wiggins, Derek Favors, and Kenrich Williams. So definitely need news there because it obviously has everything to do with minutes rotation as far as those Thunder players. SGA, always a great option really in any game because he's the only true NBA player uh, the, of, you know, any type of uh, high-level ability. But he is 10-4, which is a tough price, but certainly in play. Uh, the rest of the group, rather than wasting time, we just need to know the info because 
who's in and out is going to affect the rotation with all of these guys. And I'm not bank, uh, backing any of them uh, unless I know who's in and out. And so I'll be steering clear of that. If we don't have that news, maybe you can get a late, late swap uh, with one of the guys if news breaks, but I am not counting on it initially. For Charlotte, you've got an 8-5 Lamelo Ball, an 8-1 Terry Rozier, a 7-8 Miles Bridges. All three can have huge breakout games. The Thunder, uh, not the best squad in the, on the, in the world here for sure. Uh, so you can get uh, somebody jumping up there. P.J. Washington at 5-1. Mason Plumlee's had some good games at 4-9, but it's going to split mainly with Montrez Harrell at 5K. Um, as far as statistically in this game, again, you know, not uh, you've got two fast teams and two not very good defensive teams. Charlotte's third fastest in the league. Oklahoma City is actually above average and 13th in pace. And then they're 23rd and 15th, respectively, defensively. So certainly a game you can attack. You can go big and, you know, go with a, a ball or bridges and then SGA on the other side. Or once the news breaks with the Thunder, you can go more of a value there and maybe a P.J. Washington, Harold Plumley, somebody like that that would give you value on the other side. So I'll have a, some exposure in this game. It's not my favorite game on the slate, but I am interested. Speaking of my favorite game on the slate, here it is. The only 8.30 game, and that's the Minnesota Timberwolves and San Antonio Spurs. And somebody's going to say, oh, coach, wow, hot take, way to go out there on a limb. The total's 240 and a half. I get it. But sometimes I love those high totals. Sometimes I think they're, you know, a little inflated. I don't think this one's inflated. The good part here is it's Minnesota at San Antonio, Minnesota only by four, that 240 and a half total, and then smashing my 115 and over for both sides of this implied uh, makes this really uh, in my highlights here. 122.25 implied for Minnesota and 118.25 for the San Antonio Spurs. So definitely a focal point of my lineup, uh, even though these two teams aren't playing the greatest ball. Minnesota is, though. They're 39 and 30. This would get them 10 games over 500. Uh, nothing to be ashamed of there, considering where that franchise has been at for quite some many years. Spurs are 26 and 42. The news, the biggest news of this game that we need is Patrick Beverly. He is questionable and it does change a lot of things. Number one, it, you know, shifts who the starting point guard is for Minnesota. And two, it takes a defender away that could agitate DeJounte Murray and company a bit. So we do need that news. Anthony Edwards is probable. We also have two other guys questionable here. Jordan McLaughlin, backup point, and Nas Reed, who's the backup to Cap. So uh, that will change things a little bit on their bench. Um, that's only if they're ruled out. Um, probable for the Spurs is our, my man Joe Wisecamp. God, just, I just like the name. Um, Wieskamp, maybe. I think it's Wieskamp, actually. Uh, and then questionable is Devontae Kaycock. The three guys out. Bates, Jopp, Langford, and Dougie McBuckets, McDermott out. So how do we look at this game? Where do we go? What are the, What is the situation? Well, 
here are some some numbers that will back me. How about the second and fifth fastest paced teams in the NBA? Terrific there. Defensively, Minnesota's 12th, which is okay. Spurs are down at 20. Uh, Not good. Island game for both teams. Uh, Big fat total. Close line. All kinds of of good uh, possibilities here. The only downfall is you've got three fairly high-priced T-Wolves that make it tough to you know, go with more than one of them. D'Angelo Russell, 7-8, Anthony Edwards, 7-6, and Carl Anthony Towns, 10-2. So you got to do a little juggling there uh, de- determining how you want to make that work. If Pat Bev's out, they could uh, get Malik Beasley in there. He's shot the eyes out of the hoop lately. He's only 4-8. Um, also, if Beverly's out, it usually uh, elevates the assist ratio for D'Angelo Russell. Uh, and that makes him playable as well. Um, if you want to go on the cheap there, like I say, Beasley at 4.8, McDaniels at 4.9, um, you know, are definite possibilities. We'll see, you know, how that's going to roll out. But, um, you know, the big thing will be Vanderbilt's out, and he's been taking a good 28, 30 minutes a game. So that does help McDaniels, but it does also lift a lot of these other guys and also cat at 10 2 may get a couple of extra minutes run without Nas Reed backing him up. The only thing with cat though, is he's been getting in some wicked foul trouble. He had two games in a row where he had three fouls in the first quarter. So I'm not sure why the coach was leaving him in with two quick fouls and not sure why he would be, you know, dumb enough to get the third foul. You know, it's crazy, but you know, that that has affected his numbers. And, you know, I think people are going to see some of that and say, you know, that he's not really producing, but he missed just tons of time in those two games with foul trouble. And, you know, he'll be fresher. I think, you know, if he does play a complete game, can can really crack the slate here because, uh, you know, the Spurs can be attacked by centers. He's a big scorer. So let's see how that flies. Definitely on my radar, though. DeJounte Murray's 10-8. Huge commitment there if you want to pay up. There's so many good pay-up opportunities here. But, you know, you've got to consider him. I like him a little better if if Beverly sits. But, yeah, he just continues to to get the job done. There's no question about it. Josh Richardson all of a sudden is in the conversation there. At 4-5, he's getting a lot of shots up. Devin Vassell, Vassell, who I've loved from the beginning of the, you know, his career here this with the Spurs, uh, youngsters five six, but has been a good focal point offensively for this team, especially when Dejounte sat. So not obviously that excited about Richardson and Vassell with Murray back in, but still very playable at a price where they can each be a second and third option for him offensively in a game that's going to be up and down with a ton of points. Uh, I think Keldon Johnson's a little overpriced. Pirtle's okay at 7-3, not too bad of a price, uh, but, you know, they are splitting minutes. Jock Landale had a great game. He'll get some minutes. Uh, You know, Zach Collins will get minutes. So I'm not really looking at the bigs uh, today from San Antonio. So lots of exposure here, though. One or two guys. Uh, very possible on both sides of the ball here, and I think deservedly so. This should be the highest scoring game on the slate. 
this next game, you know, we've got four late games. I don't remember the last time. It's got to be early in the season that we had four late games like this, three 10 o'clock and a 1030. So it'll be a really fun after hour slate, some good pulls um, as well. 10 o'clock, Chicago Bulls, Sacramento Kings. Chicago favored by three and a half, a healthy 236 and a half uh, over under. 120 implied for Chicago and 116 and a half implied for Sacramento. So yet another game and the next game also. So this is the most games we've ever had with both teams over 115 implied. And like I say, I see uh, those games really, those players just dominate the optimal lineups when you study it afterwards. So we're going to have several games to choose from here. Uh, we're, ex we're expecting some big scores. And expect, if you want to cash tonight, let alone take something down, you better have some big numbers. you got to be in those 400s if you want to even smell the money. So, uh, all right, let's look at uh, the matchup here a little bit further. Chicago comes in 41 and 26. Sacramento, 24 and 45. Zach Levine questionable. We're going to need to know that news. Um, and then Lonzo Ball and Patrick Williams remain out for Chicago. Um, for Sacramento, Justin Holiday is questionable. Alex Len questionable. Terrence Davis out. So both teams really the majority of their uh, rotation, especially if Levine does play. You have some good pace here. Uh, you've got Chicago 14th, Sacramento 7th, and then defense not good, 19th, and Sacramento second to worst defense in the entire league to the Rockets. So uh, there's going to be points scored. They're going to get up and down the floor here. Uh, it's going to be a pretty aggressive game. Uh, it's, you know, Caruso's back in the mix for Chicago. Uh, this will be his second game back. He's only 4-2, and he is getting decent minutes. A little early to go to him. It's definitely uh, affected some of Kobe White's minutes off the bench. And Desunmu's probably going to see a little drop off as well. So I'm avoiding those guys initially. But the wild card is if Zach Levine sits, then those guys are going to all improve on minutes. So we need that news. We've got to follow it for sure. And be, uh, you know, have it yourself set up to late swap if any of those things rotate around. Obviously, DeMar DeRozan, always a great play, uh, can score the ball from like crazy. He's 9-8, so he is below 10 now. Vuk has had several really good games. He's 8-5 and can be considered. On the Sacramento side, it's really been the Fox and Sabonis show when they both play. Uh, they've both sat a game recently, so they should be a little more rested. Um, it's at home. Chicago's defense has not been great, but their pace of play has been good. So, you know, the two guys I'll look at, I'm staying with them. You know, De'Aaron Fox is 9-7. Massive commitment there. Sabonis is 9-2. Big commitment there as well. But one or the other, I think, is a great play here, uh, really, to balance it out. Because I don't quite trust the secondary guys for Sacramento. They're cheap. You know, Holiday, if he plays 3-4, not interested. Trey Lyles, okay at 4-4. Harrison Barnes, okay at 6-7. DiVincenzo's playing a much bigger role off the bench at 4-5. You could consider those guys, but I think it's better to go Fox or Sabonis 
in making that decision and going forward from there. Right now, I'm I'm leaning slightly to Sabonis just because he's a little bit cheaper. So we'll see how that rolls. All right, uh, from there we're going to go to uh, second of the three the three ten o'clock games. It is the Milwaukee Bucks at the Utah Jazz. Milwaukee only favored by one and a half and a nice 236 total. Milwaukee has to travel to Utah, but this should be a barn burner as well. And again, another, you know, this is the last one where you've got the two teams with both implieds over 115. Bucks 118.75, Jazz 117.25. I'm sure the Jazz are not going to take kindly of being a home dog here either. Milwaukee comes in 46, 42 and 26. Jazz come in 42 and 25. So nearly identical records. Uh, guys out for Milwaukee, Connington and Wigginton. Uh, Utah, two questionable tags, Forrest. And then the huge one is Rudy Gobert. So that's big news there. Uh, Azubuki is out for Utah. And we have the return of Brooke Lopez in this game. He's been out forever. Um, statistically speaking, in this matchup, Milwaukee ninth in pace, Utah 19th. Defensively above average here, Milwaukee 14, Utah 9. So it's a complicated game. You know, you've got questionable tag on Gobert, extremely important. You've got Brooke Lopez back into the mix. That creates a little bit of, you know, question on how that's going to affect Portis and some of the rotation there. Uh, you know, you've got pretty much just average pace and a little bit above average defense. So there's no slam dunks here, uh, but, I, you know, I think it's going to get a lot of attention and, and it should be a great game. You know, Giannis always one of the options to pay up to at 12-2, so that decision has to be made. If you don't go there, uh, I'm not probably going to go to Portis till I see how all this shakes out with Lopez. But Middleton's a very fair at 7-9. Holiday exactly the same. And I think very fair at 7-9 as well. On the Utah side, you know, if Gobert sits, White side becomes super, super popular at 5-4. Um, if Gobert plays at 7-7, not a, a bad play unless he's limited. Uh, you can go up to Donovan Mitchell. He does step up in these kind of games. He's a fair 8-9 and can be a you know a very good focal point to your build. Um, after that, you know, a couple cheap shots, maybe with uh Bogdanovich at 5-6 or Conley at 5-4, but not guys that I'm jamming into my lineup by any stretch. All right, two games left, a 10 and a 10-30. Again, we'd love to have you, dfscoachtalk.com. Come and join us. Check it out. We've got a, a ridiculous baseball offer, two payments of 111. You're with us all the way until October 2nd, all of our sports. And during that time frame, you get all everything we got, PGA, NBA, NFL, and MLB. So come and join us. We'd love to have you or dip your toe in the water. Try that three-day uh, $10 pass. Also, I'd like to thank our presenting sponsor, Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com. If it's your first deposit, use the promo code COACHTALK. All one word, no space. Get all the way up to 100 bucks of matched money. If you put 100 in, 
Prize Picks gives you 100, and they dump it right into your account. They don't slowly release it. Uh, if you want to just play 25 bucks, they'll match the 25. So check it out, prizepicks.com, promo code Coach Talk. All right, the last 10 o'clock game, another double-digit spread, though. It is Golden State hosting the Washington Wizards. A little bit of a trap game maybe for Golden State after uh, coming off a, a good win the last uh, go-around. Uh, Golden State's favored by 12.5, though. It's a 225.5 total. 106.5 implied for Washington. A nice 119 uh, for the Golden State Warriors. Injury-wise, none for Washington at all, but they are on this road trip on the West Coast. For Golden State, probable tag on Draymond Green. So that's another guy back into the mix. First game in, don't expect him to get huge minutes here. They'll probably uh, ease him in 15, 20 minutes would be my guess, but we'll keep an eye on that, and that news as it goes. Iguodala and Peyton are out for Golden State. Um, statistically, Washington 23rd in pace, Golden State 12. So nothing right home about there. Washington's defense struggles 24th. Golden State remained number one through all of that time Draymond was out. Now he's back, so they probably will solidify that number one defensive spot, uh, I would think, for the, the entire season, which is very impressive. Um, as far as this game rolls, you know, you've got a, a couple of options here. You've got Kuzma at 8-7, which is pricey especially with, uh, with Draymond back, but he'll be limited minutes. And then you have uh, Porzingis, who sat the last game. He's 7-2, which is very fair. Uh, so Kuzma and Porzingis, you can look at. Um, after that, it's really, you know, bargain basement if you want to go with any of the other guys, but there's a ton of risk that you incur. It'll probably be Neto, Pope, and Kispert starting all 5-4, 4-1-4, four, so they're cheap. And then you get a lot of uh, bench action here with Hashimura, Avdia, Smith, Gafford, even Sadoransky and Bryant. So not crazy about the depth on this team, not crazy about them on this long road trip playing in Golden State. So not going to be super, uh, you know, looking to roster probably any Wizards, to be honest with you. And it's also a double digit spread. So. On the Golden State side, are you going to get a full run? That's the question. Curry's 10K. Clay's up to 7-8. Wiggins is 7-3. Draymond's 6-9, first game back. So it's not like you're getting any giveaways here. Uh, so that's a bit of a concern for me there. The bench, Poole's been hot, but he's 6-5, so no discount there. Uh, so, you know, more than likely, this will be the game on the slate of the nine that I have no ownership. And... I think there will be a lot of people rostering people in this uh, game, but I just don't like the fit or the feel uh, of how this game's going to roll out. So we'll see. All right, last game on the slate. It is a 10:30 game, and it is the Toronto Raptors at the Los Angeles Lakers. Toronto's favored by four on the road, 225 and a half total, 114.75 for Toronto. 110.75 for the LA Lakers. Toronto rolls into town 37 and 30. Lakers nine games under 529 and 38, desperately trying to get into the play-in uh, tournament that LeBron doesn't like, but maybe he'll like now. Um, Fred Van Vliet questionable. 
you know, it's starting to get very ridiculous that he's questionable all the time. And the thing is, a lot of times he doesn't play. It's not that fake questionable tag that we get on some guys, but we'll see. And it's extremely important because it changes everything. It did last game as well. It rotates everybody around. Uh, and, you know, Barnes plays some point and Trent steps up and uh, Siakam's got the ball in his hands more. So let's get that Van Vliet news and be ready to pivot if you're going to use them uh, one way or the other. Uh, Ananobi and Flynn, who's the backup point guard, they're both out. So that's why that Van Vliet news is even more important. No designation on LeBron James. So somebody forgot to click the button uh, to have him some type of designation but he is not listed at all for anything. So it's Davis and Nunn out. Everybody else, it's stating, are in for the L.A. Lakers. Statistically, slower playing Toronto at 25th. Lakers do move the ball up and down the court at 6th. And dead average when you combine these two defenses, 13th and 17th. So, you know, interesting game to finish with here. You know, do you commit to LeBron at 12K starting more than likely at center? Uh, huge price, but my goodness, has he been out of his stinking mind lately? So, I mean, if you don't consider him, uh, you, you got to be crazy. I don't know you play him or not, but he certainly has to be in your initial player pool of consideration. He's just playing too well. It's the late game. It's... Uh, you know, it's in L.A., so certainly in my consideration there. After that, though, I really don't like the Lakers. Monk's up to 6'4", which is a little too pricey for him as much as he can play well. Westbrook at 9'2", for crying out loud. We know he throws in decent games here and there, but absolutely no way I'm going to 9'2 on Russ. Carmelo off the bench gets a lot of shots up. Five, six, but sometimes some empty stats. And no way I'm going with some of these. Uh, you know, I don't see how you ever roster a Reeves, a Johnson, a Bradley, an Augustine. Oh my Lord. No wonder they're nine games under 500. Um, for Toronto, though, again, we need the Van Vliet news. If he plays, he's playable because he's only seven, eight, which is really a bargain for him with his potential ceiling. Barnes is up to 8K now, which sort of stinks because if Van Vliet's out, he's your usual go-to because he's going to, uh, you know, stuff the stat sheet all over the place. Trent's had some monster games of late at 6-5. Siakam as well, but a little inconsistent at 9-1. After that, you're going to get a multitude of guys. People love to put Boucher in there, but 5-6 is no giveaway. Achua 3-9, you know, just... Can't really go that deep there, but I do think uh, I'll have a little exposure, but nothing uh, too crazy. That's for sure. All right, my friends, that is it. The whole enchilada, all nine games. It's going to be a terrific slate. I love it. I think it's going to be a fun one tonight. Tomorrow's only four games, so we get a little reprieve uh, tomorrow. And uh, But, you know, also today, once this podcast posts, shortly after, you'll get our prize picks and props uh, video here. We're going to be podcasting uh, that will give the picks for the day on prize picks. Uh, so keep uh, check this one out, get those rosters initially built, and then check out our prize picks and props podcast as well. 
Thank you so much for listening in. Hopefully, hopefully this helps you really build some takedowns and some optimals. That's what we're looking to do. Um, let us know. Send us a, a tweet. We're at DFS Coach Talk. The whole team is there. Uh, I am at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Uh, on Twitter, we're DFS Coach Talk on YouTube. And if you're looking for us to check out our website, it's dfscoachtalk.com. Have a wonderful Monday. Let's have a great week. Let's get ourselves on a hot streak and get it going. Uh, Really appreciate the time you spent with me. Have a great day. We'll see you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS.